Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, joined by Milton, joined by Ben. We are back with the full crew this week because we have a lot to discuss. We are doing our official Andor preview episode, going over a lot of the things that came out on Disney Plus Day with that awesome special look. Plus, we'll be looking at some recent rumors, a little bit of an update on Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, and so much more. How are you guys doing? It's been... Two weeks. I'll start off with Millen. What have you been up to? How's everything, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just uh, getting back into routine. I'm getting back into the podcast. As you said, it's been what? I think I've been going for about a week. Um, yeah, so I had fantasy football draft last Friday because, you know, it is football season officially starting yesterday. Um, but, you know, sometimes life takes me away from the podcast, but it don't mean that Star Wars is from my face or from my mind. I'm usually watching something or something related to Star Wars. So, uh, and I, I will get into that with our week of Star Wars, but I'm glad to be back. Excited for the podcast, so let's get into it. Heck yeah. What about you, Ben? And what have you been up to? Yeah, I mean, actually, this week was my birthday week. On, on September 6th was my birthday. I turned the big 29, so I'm still still hanging on in my 20s. So that it's, been a, it's been a good week. Uh, just, you know, hung out with family. Um, watch football this week, of course. Um, had some good food. Got got my workouts in. You know, just the kind of normal like day to day stuff. Didn't do didn't do anything too crazy for my birthday, other than just you know the normal visiting with some relatives and stuff. But that's about it. Yeah. So happy belated birthday to you. Oh man, still not even in your thirties yet. Oh my gosh. Yep. Ha- ha- hanging on. Hanging on. <laughs> speaking of birthdays and stuff my grandma so i saw my grandma after work today and she's 80 and so we were over there talking and uh, she was like we're just talking about aging and just getting older and she's like looks at me she's like milton she's like you just turned 40 right i was like no you de-aged me by five years i'm 35 years old she's like oh my god she's like i didn't realize it and i was like oh i was like all right this needs to stop 40 no. <laughs> oh man. No, I, don't, I don't even look 35, so let's go. Black don't crack. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh man. So you guys have been away. Um as you said off the top, you you know, you might be away from the podcast, but you're not away from Star Wars. So let us yeah. know. Let the let the listeners, let the viewers know uh what's been in the forefront of your of your Star Wars viewing and thinking and everything right. else. So, last week or so, I think the last two weeks, I, I found this guy on YouTube. He reviews, like, books, uh, you know, a lot of canon, or, yeah, legends, actually. And he, I think I was listening to this guy talk about um, the last, or the the New Jedi Order books, the Legacy of the Force books. Those are some of my favorite EU books of all time. And he's been just breaking these down. Now, he's done, he's done this for years now, and I just discovered them. But usually when I go to bed now... I usually put something on with him and listen to him talk about like the book reviews because again, a lot of times I'm listening to those old EU books. So lately I've been on that train when I go to sleep. I'll throw on like one of his short reviews, listen to it, and fall asleep. But yeah, I enjoy Star Wars fans and and, and, and like reviewing these books. And they're not like huge YouTubers. They're not like you know the Harloffs or the Campias. You know, yeah, they they can do that and you know get their fan base about it. But it's nice to see. People like us get on the YouTube who had the opportunity just to talk about it and to say, hey, this is how I felt about a book or about an episode or whatever. So it's just honestly supporting that, but also just 
seeing other people's perspective. Like it was really nice to hear his thoughts on how these books were written back in the early two thousands or nineties. So, yeah, it was it was nice. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm gonna kind of piggyback off of off of you when it comes to legends, but yeah, it is nice to just put on something like that in the background. Like I do that at the gym a lot. I'm I'm I know it's it's probably a bad habit, honestly, because like people are like, huh, how you, how are you working out? Like when you're when you're listening to podcasts, it's gonna slow you down. I'm like, honestly, sometimes it might. No. So <laughs> so I've been trying to get out of that a little oh, no, bit. Cause, cause I, yeah, because I listen to audiobooks while I work out sometimes, and then depending oh. on if I'm really into one, but like. Oh, you have the capability to rewind it on your iPhone or your, you know, your iPod. So I, especially if I know the story, like I know how it's going to play out. So it doesn't affect my workouts. Now there might be things that I've missed before. Like when I listen to Revenge of the Sith audiobook, there's so many things in depth about that book that I'm thinking, oh wait, I didn't realize that was in the book. I may have to re-listen to it for like another like 10 seconds. I'll rewind it, but it it doesn't affect my workouts because I'm just, it's like I'm listening to a movie. Hmm. You know, so... What what about you, Ben? You want to chime in on this discussion here? Do you ever listen to a Star Wars audiobook or podcast while you're lifting? Yeah, I mean, for me, normally I'll uh, I'll listen to like audiobooks. I'll listen to different Star Wars audiobooks or podcasts. Like um, you know, like Milt said, just finding you know content creators who are uh, you know maybe smaller or yeah. things like that. Like there's a uh, there's a really good there's a really good um. Uh, for anybody who likes legends, um, they mainly just covered legends. There, it's a couple, and uh, you know they do they, they do legend you know reviews like that too. Milton, like they literally are just going through you know all their videos. They just talk 10, 20 minutes about a random piece of legend legends content. <laughs> it's this guy and girl. It's this guy and girl. Like they said, you know, pretty much, you know, they're they're not the biggest fans of a lot of the stuff with Disney, and you know they they like released a video talking about it. And we're like, hey. Like, you know, it's totally fine. Like, you know, some of this stuff, a lot of this stuff isn't for us and we're cool with it and we're content. We're not going to bash it. Like, so we're just going to talk about the stuff we enjoy and all they do is just cover Legends stuff. And it's, it's pretty cool. They only have like, you know, six, 700 subscribers, but it's just cool seeing, oh. um, you know, people like that just putting, you know, more of like passion projects yep. and just, just talking about what they like. Yeah, so for for my week in Star Wars, I dived into Legends. Ben, you were kind of shocked, like, oh my gosh, he's he's reading a Legends story. So I don't have it with me. I think I showed it off a few weeks ago. Um, it's a Star Wars. Uh, it's like stories pulled from the magazine, the Star Wars Insider, and, and there's half of it is canon stories which I hadn't read, which I wanted to see. You know, I'm a damn completionist. We all know that when it comes to the canon. Like, even right. if it's a damn in insider magazine, I got to see what it is. So I got that. But there's also legend stories in the forefront of that book. Um, there was a couple stories based off the Old Republic, which were really cool. One of them was about Malgus, and it actually had his original name and about how he was, like, going through... His father was, like, a very rich Corellian. I believe he was from Corellia or some other planet, but it, the father was giving Malgus lessons with this zoo and these different creatures that were very vicious and stuff that ultimately paid off in him joining, like, the Sith the Sith and all that kind of thing. Um, and then there was another one with Jason Malcolm. But there was one that I was showing you guys, because they have beautiful artwork that's, I think, done just for the specific book based off the stories. Um, all different artists involved, many different good artists. And uh, one of them was about, I think this relates to you. Again, I am clueless when it comes to what book series these are from. But one of them was about um, the the daughter of Leia. Uh what is it, Jaina Solo? Solo? 
What is it? Yeah, Jana Solo. Okay. Oh, Jana, like the character from World of Warcraft. Jana Solo. I'll never forget that. Okay, because it has her with the the um the wife of Jason Solo. Is that correct? Yeah. So Jason. So Jason had a secret wife. It's keep pretty much Jason echoes Anakin Skywalker. Hmm. You know, a path where he has a secret wife. Uh, I believe her name was. Um, oh God, she, cause she she was a Jedi name. too. Yes. What was her name? Chris or Ben? Something what was with her name? Like Alana. T? No, Alana's the daughter. Yeah, Alana's the daughter. She was in there as I well. Forget, I forget the wife's names, but yeah, she used to be a Jedi. I think she became like a politician again or something. Jason wound up getting with her. Then they had a secret child. Exactly. And anyway, it's pretty cool because the story is like they go down to this forest moon and apparently Alana, I don't know in the books, if they mention she has like a Nexu pet. Was that in yeah, the books? Something like that. She something has a like pet that, Nexu yeah. and they're like, oh, we're going to make the net. We're going to let the Nexu stretch its legs. We're going to bring it out to this place and let it kind of go out on its own and hunt some things. And of course, there's poachers there and there's some lightsaber action with Jaina and, and with this other character. And it's pretty badass because her lightsaber I believe it's a purple lightsaber with like the the hilt is literally the tooth of a rancor, and there's something about she was on Dathomir or from Dathomir, or something of that nature. But it's pretty cool, and and, and like I, I seen a too bad I couldn't just like throw the images in here as we're talking about it. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. It is pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's like nice. It's, nice. It's, it's, not, it's nice seeing that. Sorry to interrupt, Ben. Um, no, it's, it's oh, nice you're good. that we're getting into that. I mean, like I said, those particular characters, <clears throat> those particular books, I think are some of the best Star Wars that's non-canon. It just, it's nice to see that echo of Anakin's grandkids, but they're so different, too. And knowing, like, how things played out in those books. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Like, like, like that, you know, that's why me and Milton are always, like, uh, like, uh, you know, I guess petitioning for the Legends material to be to be like known by so many people because it's just so good. It, like the stories are so rich, the characters are so rich. Like, you know, they're interesting um, because you know they're new, quote unquote, new characters that are interesting and they're still connected to our main legacy characters, which is really nice. Yeah, and there's another right. story written by uh, I think it's Joseph Schreiber, who is the writer of Death Troopers. He had a short story. That had to do with um, this one jail cell and this guy that had a messed up stomach because he ate something and it turned out he had like a worm that was like inside of his stomach and like they got the worm out but then he wasn't okay afterwards so I'm guessing that was some kind of prequel to the Death Troopers book in a way so then I finished this and literally today I read the first chapter of Death Troopers so... I actually jumped into reading my first like official like Star Wars Legends Essential Edition books, you know, because they have the new trade paperback format, which is basically the size of a hardcover without a hardcover. So as far as like dimension wise, so for me with you know bad eyes, I at least can see that in the small. So I'm enjoying that. I, I I've been um, I'm only one chapter in, so I can't say much about it, but I, I keep saying in the online chatter from time to time about how it's one of the best Star Wars books, period. Um, and oh, for a Star Wars oh. book to be a horror book, I'm like, I got to try this out. It's You know, we're a month away, a month and a half away from, from Halloween, but I think it's a good time to read it now. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that book, that book's by far one of the best Star Wars books, period. 
Um, and, you know, it basically, it's just such a good story. And, you know, it's not like any of, like, our main characters. That's the cool part about it is, like, it's an okay. excellent story. And it's not just, like, Luke, you know, it's not like Luke going on an adventure or something. And that helps me from, so, you like, know, that's I w- the, yeah, that helps me from a perspective of, like, continuity, right? Like, this story technically could like fit in Star Wars current canon because it's not dealing with anybody that's like notable like you're saying. So for me in in the back of my mind yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm reading this thing as it's like head canon. Like this this could have maybe happened somewhere somewhere down yeah. the line. I think right. I think literally um you might have to correct me once you get further into the book, but I think the only reference which still works. I'm pretty sure they reference um some of the characters reference like the description destruction or uh like you know the potential attack on the death star or something the first one from a new hope i think that's reference but still it doesn't matter like you said it fits into canon so like it's like well i'm kind of just gonna retcon this right into canon because it makes sense and it's a cool story like why not like it's um like i said there's that there's even the little book trailer out there for it as well so like you know just to throw that out there um and uh yeah i mean like it's just like you know uh it's just like taking a step like like into legends like it's one of the best ways to like step really step into it and uh you know highly recommend that book well hey i wonder why they put the essential legends collection banner on the book right out of the 150 yep. books it's it's one of the first ones they published uh with that new moniker yep. um ben finally finished up it was your week in star wars man i don't believe we got to that yet yeah i mean my my week in star wars i didn't really have anything um too crazy for the most part like you know we watch the uh the stuff on disney plus we'll we'll get into that um and then you know last week when i wasn't on the show i didn't really i haven't really had too many like crazy star wars experiences lately um mainly just like talking star wars with people uh you know always online chatter seeing seeing directors of certain movies continue to continue to like grandstand about a, a controversial star wars movie they made um and like things like that you know just the typical star wars online chatter week to week seeing stuff like that um and just seeing what creators have to say but like other than just like the normal uh i guess absorption of like the social media buzz of star wars like there really hasn't been much going on really like you know we were talking about it in the group chat today or yesterday even like like we just haven't had anything star wars to talk about we haven't had content to consume for the most part like nothing so i know it's just been meh like other than like i found that i found that couple's youtube channel um i was i really was watching a lot of that um last week but other than that like it's just you know there isn't much yeah yeah so okay Fair enough, because, you know, there, there's not a lot on StarWars.com to pull from. Um, we're going to talk about some rumors and stuff like that relating to casting choices. But um, as of recording this, we are on the eve of D23. And, well, as I'll explain later, I had high hopes for the gaming panel. Uh, we'll see. I'll tell you how that turned out. But, um, you know, we're getting that. We're getting a word from some sources saying, oh, you know, there's not going to be any movie announcements, uh, you know. We'll see. We, we know how these things go. We always get so hyped, and then they let us down, unless it's Star Wars Celebration, and they literally deliver. Um, except for movies. The movies weren't 
we're also at Star Wars Love. Anyway, getting into it, our housekeeping. If you are watching, we can go live with us every Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern to join the conversation in the chat room. You can also listen after the fact. We put up new episodes at the beginning of the week on Monday mornings to listen to on your drives, in the gym, whatever you like to do. So, getting into it out this week, we have one new piece of Star Wars media, and that is Star Wars issue number 27 of the flagship series, in which we have these Crimson Dawn agents that are escaping from the Death Star with the knowledge that the Death Star 2 exists. Um, so, it's all about their adventure. It's a really cool, like, grounded story of a family that is just trying to get away from the Empire. Very simple, straightforward plot with a lot of uh, really good action beats and uh, really cool moments inside of a Lambda class shuttle. I put my title as like this is the love letter to the Lambda class shuttle because I've always liked the design. Um, they do a lot of cool uh, interior shots of what is going on inside this thing. Um, you know, blasters firing, seeing that thing taking out TIE fighters, which is something I don't think I've ever seen, and also using its cockpit to eject completely from the rest of the vehicle was something that is like such a toy action thing like you you buy star wars like ship and you're like hey this has this action to like shoot the wings off like it was a very much like a toy like issue of like hey let's do as much as we can with this imperial shuttle <laughs> so for me that's what i took out of that but it was a pretty bad at us badass issue because it's giving us new characters in Star Wars that are like the average Joe. It's like, oh, this is the middle manager guy who decided to just break bad and get the information. And his wife is somebody that's like working the docks and they have two kids and they're just trying to do the right thing. They don't think the Empire's really cutting it to be uh, on the up and up with things these days. So you know, they're making a stand in their own way and trying to get it to the Rebels. And the Rebels are like... Uh, we can't believe your message because we don't want to give our position away. And, you know, so it's, a, it's very much like that you actually see a little bit of the bureaucracy of the rebels because the rebel chain of command where it's like they're getting a message of distress from this Imperial shuttle, but they don't know if they could really trust them. Um, so there's a whole lot of cool stuff happening there. So that's just a brief summary, which I basically just told you exactly what I told you in my video because I'm rambling. But... I like the issue a lot. It's a lot of fun. Um, that's currently where we are in Star Wars is in that era right before Return of the Jedi. And it looks like Luke might be going to Coruscant because he is the one that has a good feeling about this as he puts it for getting that transmission and saying, yeah, okay, there might be something worth looking into here. So there you go. We got that coming out or that is out actually. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's always great getting, like, interesting stories like that. And then, you know, like you said, just highlighting uh, um, some of the fan-favorite type of, like, ships involved, like Lambda Class Shuttle, like, that's always, like, an iconic one. And I feel like uh, I feel like they could do more stories like that, you know, because I, I believe there was a Millennium Falcon book at one point, or I think, I'm not sure if that's canon um, anymore. Okay, well, I was going to say, because, you know, you have different stories like that, I think, that are always really cool. Like, I feel like, you know, you have the Millennium Falcon book, we have this one, um, or this story involving the Lambda-class shuttle. You know, I feel like there's plenty of opportunities you could, like, kind of craft stories around these iconic ships, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Slave 1, I would like to see Slave 1 get, like, an origin story. I mean, we got it in... Um the Django Fett bounty hunter game where it was like, oh, it was literally a police vehicle and you just stole it from this place. 
But other than that, yep. it's it's uh it'd be cool. So and I was kind of fibbing when I said that was the only thing for Star Wars this week because we had Disney Plus Day on Thursday, which means we got some Star Wars goodies. We didn't get any news. I don't. I wasn't really going and expecting news with D23 happening this weekend with the big panel tomorrow on Saturday morning. But they did drop a Cassian special look, which we'll talk about in our official preview at the latter end of this episode. Um, but they also dropped, which was promoted beforehand, Star Wars Obi-Wan, A Jedi's Return. First of all, I'm just happy again that they dropped that ridiculous moniker for like, Star Wars Gallery, The Mandalorian Season 2, whatever the heck they were saying. That It was just like, it didn't roll off the tongue very well. It wasn't memorable. But like, we, you know, we have our Star Wars documentaries and Milton, you can speak more about this than I can. Like, you know, An Empire of Dreams and uh, The Director and a Jedi and uh, The Beginning or whatever the heck the, the Phantom Menace was called, I guess. And, and you have some really cool epic titles and it's finally nice to see them kind of leaning back into that because the whole time they've been giving us Marvel um, making ofs and they have, they have better titles than this. But anyway, so I'll throw it over to you, Milton. You're our expert when it comes to the documentaries. You love these things. Um, uh, just tell us your quick, your quick impressions of this. I know you just watched this today, I believe, right? Yeah, I watched it. I started it a little bit this morning and I finished it at lunch at work today. Loved it. I mean, it's... <laughs> I think just because, you know, obviously it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we all love that character, but what I took away from it was um, there's a lot of footage in, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. Now, not behind-the-scenes of the show, behind-the-scenes of making of A New Hope, and even with the making of Phantom Menace, I've never seen. Like, they, they showed Ewan McGregor's audition tape when he when he did Obi-Wan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I never saw that before. And then I they know. showed, like, him meeting George Lucas and... You know, George telling him, literally, you hear George say, yeah. oh, Obi-Wan doesn't want to train Anakin. He's going to because he says, my master's dying wish. And it's like, I mean, it's nice to know that. he. It's nice to hear that because Lucas had a plan the whole time. You can tell with his, treat, with his sequel, trilogy of movies, planned it out. He already knew. So it was nice to see that interaction. But overall, I love seeing... Um, Will McGregor, Hayden, Deborah Chow, Bonnie Peace was in this documentary. Yep. Joel Edgerton. First of all, Bonnie Peace is still fire looking. Okay, like <laughs> 100% all the way live, good looking. Um, she was super chill to see. Um, overall, though, I thought this documentary did a really good job at touching on each character's, you know, love of Star Wars, why why they're in the show, how they've impacted the show. Um, obviously, Ewan McGregor and Hayden and Deborah Chow were the stars of this documentary. I thought it was well done. It was never boring to me. I was never like, okay, I can't watch this anymore. That's stupid. I was hooked the whole time. I love seeing behind the scenes of any movie being made, especially Star Wars. And we got to see these guys train. You can definitely tell the lightsaber battles were taken seriously. Because you saw the training and the effort they put into it. So I, I love this. I mean, it was a great documentary. I can rewatch it. That's how good it is. All right. So we get the rewatchability factor from Milton, which is super important. I'll go and give it my two cents. So I've been partitioning out or portioning out rather 
the ILM uh, Light and Magic documentary, which I, I was telling Joel, who was our guest last week, about how I had, I've been piecing that out. And last week was the last episode. I, I literally spaced it perfectly because I was watching every episode, like one episode every Wednesday. And now this Wednesday, I have another brand new Star Wars documentary to watch. So I feel like I've been like pretty laser focused on the behind the scenes aspect of Star Wars uh, in the last like month and a half at this point. Uh, so for me, it was pr pretty cool getting that transition. But uh, I'll, right off the top, I just and this goes to light and magic. How much extra footage are they holding on to after all these years? Because it's insane. Exactly. Like, like I've never seen that that video of um, uh, Alec Guinness sitting in the chair in front of the Falcon. Like, it opens up with him just sitting there talking about this is not science fiction. It's a little of this. It's a little of that. And I think he summed it up like really well. How it could be like the future, the present, and and, and the past. Right? Like everything. There's no way of saying exactly what it is because it has elements of samurai elements of science fiction so that, yeah it, it was really cool and it gave us a, a good vantage point from like every creator that was involved um even went down to the stunt coordinator he got he got his time to shine a little bit um but then it went to like everybody else it was cool they you know they magnified and said you know uh, let's see like Ewan McGregor he's actually an executive producer so that was cool they pointed out like he actually had creative control quite a bit in this it goes to the point where he shows he gets to see his lightsaber hill and like oh this was your episode three this was episode one here's your here's your one that has a little bit of a modification so we get to see those like behind the scenes like off the sets kind of moments um and it was just you know very good very concise just an hour long as long as as you need to get the information out um, and yeah, seeing seeing the young Obi Wan, seeing you and McGregor with with George was like crazy because it was crazy. Uh, I couldn't uh, believe it. I, I've never like I've seen again. I've the documentary you're talking about is called The Beginning. I've watched that multiple times. I that one's rewatchable to me. Like I can go back and watch it tonight and be like like enhanced by it. You know. Yeah. And you get to see obviously those them being young in what ninety seven, ninety eight, whenever they mm -hmm. made that movie. There, like I said, there was things in this documentary that I did not see in that one. Again, I was thinking like, damn, they, they held this footage this long? Like, yeah. You know, it's not like it's crazy how like but... have all this stuff. Just just release it all because I'll absorb it. Like <laughs> Star Wars fans will absorb all of it. We and said this multiple times as we've done this podcast. Star Wars fans ain't that hard to please. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we really That's aren't. True. So just just tell us a good story, give us a great content, and we're locked in. Yeah, I would say too before I throw oh, yeah. over to Ben, um, the fidelity of those old scenes from 1997 like blew my mind. Like just they cleaned up that footage so well because HD wasn't even a thing back then. <laughs> they managed to just clean up the movies, even with like the current like old timey like the that they have in theaters. I, I am amazed by how they're able to do with cleaning up old grainy film footage and, and making it look digital. So anyway, I'll throw it over to you, Ben, your first impressions and, and thoughts overall on this. Oh yeah. I think, I think the entire, um, the entire thing was done really well. As I mentioned, when we first saw the title of it, I thought that was the announcement for the second season of Obi-Wan ah. just because that was a perfect title for a second season. But Hey, a documentary is um, pretty good too. But uh, yeah, no, this documentary, it was, I think it was done really well. Like you both mentioned, the uh, 
the unused footage or the un unreleased footage, I feel like was some of the biggest highlights of the documentary, just because I feel like with us being um, in the loop as we are with Star as with Star Wars, um, I feel like we've heard a lot of the stuff like say Deborah Chow said or Ewan said or or uh, any of the people involved in the show said throughout the entire like you know campaign of their marketing and like you know their interviews like you know the stuff Hayden said like a lot of the stuff we heard from them I feel like we had heard already but like the extra stuff like like we mentioned the extra behind the scenes of you know the phantom menace or alec guinness like alec guinness that one was the one that really caught me i was like <laughs> dang they have old stuff of him um Seriously. so you know you have stuff like yeah you have stuff like that you have um you know you have plenty of different things scattered throughout this documentary like i said the stunt court the stunt people like different things like that just made it a really like worthwhile watch and as you mentioned um on your opening part of uh, like your breakdown of it chris like it's it's concise it's to the point gets the information across it's not drug out too long because i feel like if it was drug out for two hours then we might be having a different conversation like saying yeah it was kind of kind of kind of spread out too much but i think they got the point across that they needed to, they needed to tell and um and then as, like, for me, as for, like, the information, like, uh, like the unreleased and the unreleased footage of, you know, of, of say, The Phantom Menace or Alec Guinness, like, there's probably plenty of footage from all the movies, like, say, from the Lucas era, specifically, like, one through six, that, because if you guys think about it this way, like, you know, like, when uh, Lucas was making the prequels, like the behind-the-scenes stuff was so huge, there has to be hours and hours and hours of footage from that era specifically, and then of course a lot of footage from back. You know, they're testing and like got sold to Disney. They're like, all right, let's just hold on to this so we can potentially strategically use it, you know, and sprinkle it in here and there. Yeah. And Alec Guinness, we got this stuff with the E1. Right. And, you know, and so on and so on. Like, like that sort of stuff was great. And and then um, and then also one of the other big highlights of the documentary as well was actually seeing Liam Neeson, like, sitting there talking. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, man, I would have never Dude. thought that we would ever see this again. Remember when he said to one of the TV uh, reporting sites about how he was like never going to be caught on TV ever again because it's not worth it? And we were all like, "Oh, he yeah, is he said, just he said, joking." Yeah, he, yeah, he said he was too good for TV. Is what he said. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that's funny. Like honestly, I mean, let's be real here. He, he look, he confirmed it because he even said he's like, Deborah approached me like a year or two ago about this and told me what the story was. He's like, and and Liam's or Ewan's doing it. I was on board. Like, and of course, I mean, he's going to lie to the public and be like, nah, I'm not doing it, yeah. I'm not doing it. Because, I mean, that, that's a huge reveal. Just like the Andrew Garfield thing with uh, yep. No Way Home or Far From Home, whatever it is. Yep. Like, yep. you don't you don't want to give that away. And, look, I'm sure Disney paid him a hell of a lot of money to do a three-minute scene. Are you sure it's so, just going to be three minutes and not, like, three hours in a season two? Who knows? Woo! <laughs> I mean, listen, they want to bring him back for a season two. I'm all about it. It's freaking Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, yeah. ain't nobody going to be like, oh, you McGregor and I mean, Qui-Gon should be on the same screen. No, we want that. Here's the thing, too. Like, let's be real about Liam Neeson for a minute. I mean, come on, man. He isn't, he isn't doing too much quality work lately. He's just, to me, he's like, he's like, you know, just putting himself up there, getting these similar to Taken-type movies. 
over and over just for a paycheck. Why not just get the paycheck from Star Wars and do something quality, you know? Like, that's my thing with Liam Neeson. It's like, stop doing these Taken-type movies and just come back to Star Wars. Like, Star Wars has plenty of money. It's Disney. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're just, he's just waiting for, he can't be in a whole lot of stuff. I mean, he's only in one movie, so this could, this could be it. You know what I mean? This is his only chance to be in Star Wars again. It's not like he existed for a big timeline jump. I mean, he's going to be in animation. He's going to yeah. be doing the voice again for Qui-Gon and, and Tales of the Jedi, which is going to be really neat. Hopefully we get a release date on that. Uh, this upcoming Which I think weekend. that's a good sign. That's a good sign of yeah. him being more bold. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um... Yeah, no, but I, I like seeing uh, a lot of the current stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff with the volume. You know, each one of us has voiced our concerns with some of the visual effects and it, different things that were maybe taken away a little bit of our enjoyment of the show. But it, nonetheless, it was kind of cool. I like seeing that one moment when um, Ewan McGregor is like way offset in that desert, and then you have Hayden Christensen, who they literally made him exactly like he was in Revenge of the Sith and it was crazy because I was like oh I didn't realize like he had that much like everything going on that one little scene we see him in the cloak in the desert and the, the mirage image but it was pretty cool yeah. I was like Obi-Wan and we see each other from like 300 feet away I was like oh that's cool oh it's, that's well done I mean and it's nice like I said that's a on location you know site which you know that it was a quick scene, but it was very powerful too. So it was nice to see that brotherhood. And you definitely tell these guys actually cared about each other. They're friends. You know they have a great partnership. Um, again, I, I would love to see season two of the show. I think obviously with the criticism of season one, I'm sure they would tighten it up. Um, and if they want to bring back Hayden for some type of like flashbacks, I, I think if you're gonna do a season two, I know this is probably another episode or topic for another episode. If you do a season two. Just do it about Ewan's character. Don't bring in Hayden as Darth Vader. You can do memories, you know, just things that he's got, like with yeah. Arrow. Because I've been, I've been rewatching Arrow, uh, Ben. So I'm on season three right now. Good job. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, just do what Oliver did, like with all his stuff moving forward. Just tell that story. We don't need present Darth Vader at this point because now, like yeah. Deborah said, and that's the thing. But like Deborah said in the documentary. Darth Vader had to let that go so he can become who he's going to become later. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, well, my thing with that is like they could do that so well because you know we always use the Arrow model as an example, but it's just because they executed on it perfectly. Like even take um, the first couple of seasons when before actually like say Deathstroke is in person, you know when Oliver's like having flashbacks about um, Slade Wilson, like. That could be similar. Like, Ewan can just do flashbacks to Anakin and, like, boom. Like, there you go. Like, you have plenty of things to do. Because I think, personally, and, like, not to, like, not to, like, harp on the show too much. But to me, personally, I think after... I, I don't want to sound... I, I guess I'll just say honest. But I think they owe it to the fans to let... To, like, bring Hayden back to do a little more. Because, you know, in their marketing leading up to the show... They were making it seem like he was going to be in the show quite a bit, and he was barely in it, you know, overall. So, like, to me, I think they need to bring him back just to, like, give us more of an extended look. Like, say, out of a yeah. potential three-hour show, give us 30 minutes of Anakin. Like, 30, well, we need 30 solid minutes. That That's fair, Ben, but we also know, and this was never officially con you know, confirmed by Lucasfilm, that he's going to be in the Ahsoka yeah. show. 
So, I mean, at the very least, we're going to get a yeah. good amount, hopefully a good amount. I mean, maybe it's like uh, just the same as Obi-Wan, like one major scene for five minutes and that's it. But yeah, either way, either way, uh, it, it was cool that they, that they really did put the focus on Hayden and uh, some of the other characters, yeah. like one of the characters, the actors, um, the son of uh, the son of uh, the one rapper guy. What is it? Osei Jackson. Oh, Ice Cube. Oh, yeah, Osei, oh, Osei Jackson. Jackson. I loved his energy and the fact that he's like one of us on the podcast, you know, where he's like talking about the stories and, and how he would be flipping out if he was a kid. Like he, there's always like that one actor that's on a Star Wars set in the recent films and stuff that is like, uh, uh, I'm a huge fan and what am I doing on set? Like, I don't know how to process this right now. Literally, I said that today because I, I know, so OJ, OJ, O'Shea Jackson is his name. And he's been a, he's a huge wrestling fan, loves Star Wars, he loves Marvel, and literally I said to myself today, I'm like, that's pretty much me. If <laughs> I said you cannot put me on a Star Wars set, because I'd be geeking out trying to hang out with Hayden and you <laughs> the whole time. Literally, I'd be like, guys, can we play lightsabers, yeah. bro? I'm like, I want to I want to <laughs> duel you guys. They were doing every like, if I was an actor, we're in, in a scene together. I swear to God, I would do this. I know myself. I was acting with Hayden or Ewan. We do the scene cut you know they get the next shot set up i'm like guys can we do a quick duel real quick i just want to duel you guys real. i just want to see how good i am with a saber <laughs> i would probably challenge them because uh, like, <laughs> oh, like, I'm, oh, I'm a nerd like oh next scene yeah, you oh, give him a broken wrist and it's like oh we gotta delay shooting because one of our actors broke his wrist and a lightsaber no. <laughs> look, I, look it'd be worth it <laughs> you just cost the company yeah. billions of dollars <laughs> Write it in the show. <laughs> That's the the thing is like um yeah I know I think I think a lot of us would be like that like I mean for we would all be those we'd be all the like let's just be real we'd be we'd be those awkward actors on set geeking out too much and then being like man why did we hire this person <laughs> um, exactly but uh, because like because you know we'd be sitting there going holy smokes I'm sitting there talking to John Favreau's over there talking to me holy crap. Uh, Pedro Pascal's talking to me. Holy smokes, yeah. like all these people. There's a baby Grogu sitting over there. Like, you know, like all these things. Pictures. Um Yeah, I'll be taking yeah. pictures. I'll, I'll be texting my boys. I'm like, yo, y'all can't believe this. I, I mean, oh my God. It'd be you can't put me on set. I'm telling you right now, it's over. <laughs> yeah, we'd we'd be the leaker the leakers. <laughs> exactly. Uh all right. So moving on from that awesome documentary. We got some news on a previous season of Star Wars TV on Disney Plus or streaming, whatever you want to call it, because it's not really TV anymore, everybody. We got the Book of Boba Fett winning a Creative Art Emmy for Outstanding Special Effects. So, yes, I mean, say what you will about Book of Boba Fett. We all know it's probably most people's least favorite of the Disney Plus Star Wars series to date, but... It's still Star Wars. It is still industrial light and magic. And that means it's still going to always be up in the running for pushing the boundaries of technology. I mean, you, you see what was happening with Slave 1 in action. You see what was happening with that lizard creature in the beginning, or that weird sand creature. There's so many moments. Uh, the Rancor, I mean, come on. How awesome did that look on the TV? And of course, you know, breaking ground with Luke Skywalker CGI deep fake that was way more improved than season two of Mandalorian. Yeah, it's just it's a no brainer to give this thing the, the Emmy for special effects. I mean, well, 
I will say it will have some stiff competition next year when we have House of the Dragons, we have Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. I freaking love it, and oh my gosh, that thing looks just breathtaking, every frame of it. But for now, we get to bask in the glory, or we get to celebrate Book of Boba Fett winning, winning an Emmy. So it's, uh, I just wanted to point that out there. Maybe that will lead, lead some credence to possibly bringing us in for a, a season two. I mean, it's an Emmy Award winning show. Why not? Yeah, I, I think, to me, in my opinion, when it comes to these shows, it doesn't, I think no matter what the show's title, at minimum, you're going to get two seasons. Like, no matter how bad it does, good it does, I think it'll get, I think Boba will get a second season, especially now because of getting this Emmy Award. Um, I do think, though, like, if you look at a lot of the episodes, other than, like, the lizard, like, weird desert vision thing, like, other than that, and then, like, say, I really think the Luke stuff is what carried this award, I would have to say, because, like, the visuals of, like, the forest, um, the forest, him jumping around, him moving, talking, all that stuff, like, since it's a creative art award, I think that's what carried it, um, but overall, like, even without, like, if you cut that sequence out, I think the show still would have been at least nominated at a minimum to, uh, to, a, to get the award just because of, like I said, the visuals from the uh, the lizard thing, the rank war, like all those different things, um, I think they all played a a good good effect into it all. Mm-hmm. What about you, Milton? I don't think we we ever really had criticism on, on at least on this podcast about the visual no. effects. Um, oh, I mean, I I mean, look, it, it's if it's well deserved. I mean, there's things on there that probably pushed the envelope of you know filmmaking, TV making, whatnot. Um, I mean, again, I never that show in particular. As I think about it, like even the, uh, the the first episode, I think it was the first or second episode. Whenever he has a ship, maybe it's later in the season. But the Rancor pit, but not Rancor yeah. pit. The uh, oh my goodness, Starlight. Starlight pit. Yes, like just seeing that visual is gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. but like I mean, again, it's worth it. Like they, they they deserve it. I mean, hell, the rancor, the way it moved at the premiere, or excuse me, the uh, finale, yeah, was dope. Um, again, I I can't complain about the visuals at all. That Luke Skywalker thing, I think it blew us all away. Where we're like, damn, like it looks like really Mark Hamill being right there. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. well deserved of the Emmy. Um, obviously next year, like you mentioned, will be tougher competition because you'll have those other shows that were listed. So yeah, I have no problem with this. I love it. Heck yeah! So I there also, you go. Um, I was oh, gonna say go, to note to note, um, like when it comes to like the visuals as well. I think one of the best lit um, overall scenes, like that, stand out to me. Like you have, of course, all the scenes we've mentioned so far. But I think one of the best scenes of the entire series, um, in terms of like the tone, the dialogue, the lighting, was the scene at night when Bobo was sitting around the campfire and like you know when it when it like right before it cuts and he's like. You, you know, like we're a family, or like we're a pack, or whatever he or we're a tribe, or you know, whatever he says in that scene um, before they go and invade, uh, before they go to Jabba's palace to get the slave one back. Oh, yeah. Like that whole scene, I think was like one of the best, like overall lit scenes, and you know, just a just another example of like how well they did things. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Uh, you see the big walkers in that last episode. You see Mando. Yep. You see. 
Boba flying. I mean, how could you not love that? That's cool. Just offing pikes. Oh, seeing, you know, Cad Bane. Um, so much, so much to love. So much to love about that. So, getting into, I guess, some prior D23. Now, I will, you know, prelude this by saying it kind of sucks when stuff like this breaks. We're going to talk about it, but just know that. There's a good chance you're going to see official stuff about this tomorrow, or you might already know by the time you're listening to this after the fact. Who knows? But we have, first off, some casting announcements uh, relating to the Acolyte. Um, so this comes to us from Deadline. We have Squid Games' Lee Jung Jae. He is going to be the lead male actor in the Acolyte. Prior to this, we have, uh, what is it, Amandla... Um, She's the lead uh, female. And there was also yep. somebody else that was in this as well. Um, let's see. She was also announced by Deadline earlier that day. And that would be Jodie Turner-Smith. Now, have either of you read, or not read, watched the cult classic, which would be Squid Game on Netflix? I wouldn't even nope. call it cult classic because it's really popular, apparently. Never watched it. What about you, Ben? Nope. I, I, I can't. I can't say I have, but I know when I told my cousin this casting, who he's a diehard uh, Squid Games fan, <laughs> he thought it was excellent. So oh. I guess it's a really good casting. So like, I don't know. He said he thinks it was really good, and maybe. Um, oh, he was saying because I don't think they mentioned any character who this, no. who this person was playing. Correct, other than a lead nope. potentially. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, lead male. I think if any. Yep, I think if anything, what this potentially end up being there's a chance we may not even see his face like because what if he ends up being Darth Plagueis like a young Plagueis yeah maybe like there's that's... I think that's what this is leaning toward yeah I immediately thought of oh could this be said Sith character even in a flashback because we've heard rumblings about there there's at least going to be mentions maybe of Darth Bane Darth Revan who knows maybe they'll have a holocron and somebody will be talking through a holocron that's safe for somebody in the generations of the future. So it could be anything, really, or just a contemporary. Uh, it maybe it doesn't even have to be a a Jedi or a Sith. Maybe it could just be like a smuggler character. Who knows? We know nothing, and I hope we know more after this weekend's over with. Well, also, I mean, just to note as well, you know, we're, we're immediately jumping, thinking maybe it could be a Sith person. Maybe this is the, you know, of course, so we're starting, we're going to be on the Sith side, Sith side of things for the acolyte with the lead character with um, um that uh, girl, the woman Amandala, um so maybe this character will be on like the good side like maybe that'll be the person she's going up against yeah. through the series you know yeah i could see something about i could see something about like he's the love interest of her or something like that trying to pull her towards the light i don't know yep oh yeah you well, you always have those like you know, whether whether it be the, the good guys trying to pull the bad girls or the bad girls trying to pull the good guys one way or another, and, like, that could be this type of a situation. Heck yeah, but, I mean, going back to, I said this before, I, I said at first, I'm like, oh, I gotta watch Squid Game now, and then I kind of took that back. I said, oh, you know what, this is kind of what I like is, I mean, this guy's by no means... Uh, like a no-name, like, up-and-coming. I, I mean, he's huge. Apparently, there was a lot of other franchises that were trying to grab him 
after success of uh, Squid Game. But for me, I like to have my new Star Wars characters have their own identity as Star Wars. I always like to use uh, this kind of analogy or whatever. It's like, I don't want to see, like, Captain America, like, playing a Jedi. Like, I'm going to just see Captain America. I'm going to see Chris Evans. I'm going to see Captain America the whole movie. And it's going to sort of, like, take me out of it a little bit where I'm just like, yeah, this face is too familiar. So, for me, I'm going to kind of lock it down. I'm not going to watch Squid Game until at least maybe after I watch Acolyte now at this point. Just kind of steer clear. Um that's how I like to look at casting. Star Wars for me has always been about the unknown actors, the up-and-coming actors. Um, yeah, there's lots of exceptions here and there. With a lot, a lot with the recent stuff. Like, oh yeah, you have Phasma. It's played by a Game of Thrones actor. But the good thing was, you never seen her face because she was behind a helmet the whole time anyway. So, you know, stuff like that. I have my little weird logic about it, but that's that's how I go about it. But it's cool nonetheless to see new, new fresh talent um, taken on the galaxy far, far away. Yep. Okay. So oh, yeah. we also. Well, I was oh, gonna, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to mention. So um, I fi- I figured we were going to jump in. I was going to say so we don't skip over um Jody Turner Smith. Uh, you know, she's like another another actress. I was while we were talking, I was looking into her filmography and stuff. She was uh, she was in The Last Ship. I feel like I've seen that before. She was in. She was in a lot of. She's been in a lot of different projects. Really, she was in. Uh, a uh, a Witcher video game. It looks like actually. Wait, um, really? What was it called? <laughs> yeah, the Witcher. The Witcher Blood. Uh, Blood Orius is it called? Oh my gosh, she was Blood Origin. That was a, That was a Netflix. Um, that was a Netflix oh. anime. Oh, okay, I've... well, she was in that, so she must have been voice acting in that. Um, oh wait, no, no, no. That yeah, didn't even just... co- wait, that didn't even come out yet. I think she's the okay, lead well, actress in that. Oh, okay. Well, then she's in that. Um, I was looking for like different things. But yeah, she's been in a lot of different projects. Like she looks like she's um, uh, experienced actress at least. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just because I haven't seen a specific actor in something doesn't mean that they are not super experienced. As we all know, uh, I, I stand. I tend to stick with the the fandom pop culture kind of movies for the most part every once in a while I'll branch out and see like a, you know like a horror movie or something of that nature but um yeah i have a very small wheelhouse when it comes to movies these days so for me um i'm i'm looking forward to it this is going to be great getting some some seasoned actors um in this show that we know nothing about <laughs> all right Let's move on to this one. And I had to preface this one because I was telling you, like, oh my god, oh my god, and you're, you know, in the chat earlier today, Ben, about this guy's been cast, and you're like, you see no reason why I would be this excited. So I'll start off with the story, uh, with the the actual announcement first, and I'll go into my story about why I'm flipping out about this. So we have, and this has been confirmed since it was first broken by um, Cinelinks very trusted uh, source here um, but they are also updated to be confirmed by uh, what is it the Hollywood Reporter so that pretty much makes it confirmed Hollywood at this Reporter. point yes we have Iman we have Iman Esfandi to play live action Ezra Bridger in Star Wars um, this is interesting because I thought it was all but confirmed that um, the guy that played in Aladdin was basically going to be him no 
thought I heard that too. See, um, I, thought this, I thought this was the same guy. I ain't going to lie when I saw it. Oh, no, th this is not the same guy. The other guy was Rahu Kohli. Him? Okay. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't him. It was Amina Masad. Oh, oh, the other guy. Um, yeah, yeah, pull up the other guy's name. But, yeah, he, uh, you know, it was getting run around like the other guy. The guy that played Aladdin was going to be him. And then Rahu Kohli was mentioned. Like, there's all these actors getting rumored. And now we actually have, you know, Hollywood Reporter actually confirming it. So mm -hmm. it seems like this is legit. And like, like Chris mentioned um, to, uh, you know, some of our other points in earlier in the show, like maybe this is previewing or maybe this is kind of like a, a precursor to an actual official announcement because, you know, when it comes to this type of stuff, it's like, I feel like... Um, so anybody who's ever watched like movie stuff online on YouTube has seen Collider over the years, and you know they 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 pretty much disappeared now. But years ago, you know when when uh, Mark Fernandez was running Collider, he always talked about it when you know you got these type of big news things coming out from the trades like the Hollywood Reporter or Deadline or places or um, Entertainment Weekly things like that. Yeah. If any type of a news story gets floated out there, that's the company basically calling up Hollywood Reporter saying, "Hey." put this story out there and kind of judge. We, we basically want to use you guys to judge our fans reaction. And that's basically uh. probably what happened here is probably star Wars basically put it out there. And I would be willing to bet like they're gauging the, the reaction right now. And if it's good reaction, they may announce it tomorrow, but if it's bad reaction, they may be like, Oh, let's reel it back and maybe, maybe recalculate this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for, it's really telling too because he floated up on my Twitter, um, my Twitter feed today, and he put out his first tweet, which was like a random ass like voice clip of some sort. So I looked at his Twitter history and it says September twenty twenty two, and he's like, "This is my first tweet" or something like. You know, the celebrity has to make his, his Twitter account because he's going to eventually put out tomorrow that he's, I am playing Ezra Bridger. Like, why would it be so coincidental to make a Twitter account the day before a gigantic announcement? Like, he's contractually obligated to, like, make a Twitter account to promote this show he's going to be in. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be hey, it. Hey, if, it's a, if that's the case, then great. I mean, I don't know this actor's work. I'm looking you know, at it right I think, now. I mean, looking looking at the picture, of, he looks like an older Ezra. Yeah. Well, I know I know we got him in animation, but it looks like he could be live action Ezra. Um, I mean, I'm curious what they're gonna do with that character. I mean, obviously he must be around doing something. Uh, he had to affect the Star Wars galaxy in some way, shape, or form. So, I'm actually curious what they're gonna do because I have no idea at this point what they're gonna do with that character. Yeah, so apparently it was in something called The Inspection and King Richard, which I believe uh, was up for a couple a couple awards. So, yep. yeah, he has definitely been in more like drama-based things. At least King Richard would be. But um, it was really funny how the story broke, and I'll go into my own little like uh, little rant, little story here. So, and this goes back to my nephew. I have a three-year-old nephew, and he has an imaginary friend. I never had one. I didn't know many people that have one, but he he has an imaginary friend. So um, he has like an old little flip cell phone that, you know, nobody uses anymore that he uses as basically a toy. So 
you know, we were, I was hanging out with him last weekend and he had the phone and he'll grab it and he'll flip it open. And I'll be like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm calling my friend Iman. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> he came up with this character in his head called Iman for whatever reason. My sister, you know, doesn't know how he came up with the name. Like, we didn't even know if Iman was an actual person's name. Like, I've never heard of the name before. And then this story broke and I went, Oh my gosh. So I sent a text message to my, my sister and my brother-in-law with this article saying, Hey, Yvonne's going to be in Star Wars, guys. <laughs> they just about lost it. Because we're sitting there puzzled. Like, you know, you could, you could name your, your imaginary friend Kevin or Roger or Rick or Steve or whoever. But he comes up with Iman. And now we have Iman in Star Wars. I was like, this can't be... Too on the nose, man. This is just too funny. <laughs> that's yeah, that's great. Funny. Like that's <laughs> go on. I'm about to say that's that's kind of uh, a coincidence, but hey, who doesn't have imaginary friends? Is all I gotta say, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I, I get to see my nephew. Um, uh, what is it on Sunday? So I'll be telling him this. Like, hey, you know, Yvonne's in Star Wars now. How's he doing? T tell him to give me all the scoops on what's happening over there on the set. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, all right. That's, that's, that's great, though. Like, I, you know, it's always great hearing, like, uh, stories like that. And then, you know, just interesting coincidences, you know, at that. Like, that's that's hilarious. Um, I think, though, like, the, the crazy thing is, it's just... I don't know. I wish Star Wars would have got ahead of this story, you know? Like, I wish they would have got ahead of it. Like, why not? Sure, Disney, or D23 is tomorrow. Like, just go and post it on your website this morning at 9am and be like, hey guys, boom. News. Like, uh, I wish they would have got ahead of it because... I think... Like, I think it you know, was... Yes. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think if it was any further out, they would have. But the fact that it's literally within 24 hours... It's at this point. It's like uh, let's pretend it didn't happen. It's under twenty four hours. Let, let's pretend that this never got out, and we'll we'll try to make make sure we surprise some people in the crowd that are going to be or, there watching live. Yeah, and then put or put just, on just, StarWars.com immediately afterwards. Yeah, I I think or like you know just even do what I've I've um, petitioned for on this podcast several times. They need to lead in some of the comedy side of it just like make some jokes like oh you know like this is a bad kept secret blah 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 like just something you know light because uh you know i feel like it's a time to like kind of just pivot have a laugh about it and be like yeah this is our this is our ezra because like ezra's ezra's a huge character like he's a huge character like basically they're continuing star wars rebels for all intents and purposes ahsoka's yep. gonna be the next season of rebels in my yep. opinion um so, like, they're continuing. Ezra is as big as character of any, especially to be in live action. And, um, and the fact that they're bringing him in just means, you know, to a, to a point you were mentioning earlier in our group chat. So, you have Ahsoka, you have Sabine, you know, Sabine confirmed. Ezra confirmed by the Hollywood Reporter, uh, potentially getting announced tomorrow. You have all of these different things left and right. Now, the big, like, um, what's the term? I guess like white whale, like missing link type thing for the entire situation is when is the official official Thrawn announcement happening? Like that, that's the big one. I think everybody's well, waiting for. But Ezra, Ezra is just as big. 
in the report on Citilinx by Jordan Mason, he does reference um, that Lars Mikkelsen, somebody told him recently in that same time that he learned about Ezra that he is playing Thrawn still. Because I think there was a little confusion mm-hmm. a couple months ago that people were saying, oh, Lars Mikkelsen, the voice of Thrawn from Rebels, isn't playing him anymore, but apparently it's back to him again. Um, and you said in the beginning, like, oh, you know, Disney's testing the water for them, some things. Like, they'll throw out stuff out there to get announced. So if they threw out something like this, it leads me to believe, okay, if they threw something out like this, like, there's got to be a bigger surprise that they're going to have in store for tomorrow. And I think that could be a big, oh, that's big splash true. if they actually have, let's say... They have Laurel's Mickelson in the makeup, just like, hey, I just came off the set from recording for today, and, and here I am. I'm playing Grand Admiral Thrawn. You know, just like <laughs> they've had Orson Krennic with Ben Mendelssohn doing that before at Celebration with the full costume with the Death Trooper escort. So why not? <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, it'd be a hell of a surprise. Heck yeah. So th- there's our rumors. We're not going to spend any more time talking about it because, frankly, um, either this could be a big waste of time or we might be just ta- treading the same ground a week from now when we officially talk about it or at least just note that it's official at that point. Yep. Um, something else that could be that is tied to D23 is, yeah, th- this is a uh, today was a video game panel. Disney, Marvel, it's the first time they ever had like an official like video game panel just for their own properties. Um, they, you know, they announced ahead of time we would get Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. They did give us that. They delivered on that, but they didn't deliver on anything else Star Wars, which was very disappointing. Um, it was only like a 21-minute, 22-minute presentation. It was on YouTube, so I was thankful that they actually let us watch it um, live with everybody else. But um, it was bogged down by so many damn mobile game announcements or mobile updates on games already that it was like, okay, this is like... Just disappointing. Um, they announced a really cool Marvel game, which is going to be... doesn't even have a name yet. It's apparently got Black Panther, Cap, um, and it, it's in World War II with Paris and then also with Wakanda. So that's going to be cool. Um, but with LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, um, in November, it's getting a release of uh, this whole brand new edition um, and you could buy the uh, you could buy the DLC. It's basically a big DLC pack. Um, it's called uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga Galactic Edition. Um, in this, they have they're gonna have a total of thirteen character packs. There's gonna be six new character packs that include the likes of Obi Wan, Andor characters, Book of Boba Fett characters, Clone Wars characters, Rebels characters, even from. Uh, the Star Wars Summer Vacation characters are coming. Uh, I believe it's like going to be fourteen ninety nine if you just want to buy the six new ones that are coming out, which is what I'll be doing. But was a little bit let down that they announced all this and there was like no new levels or anything. Because I, uh, I was hoping maybe at least give us a little bit of Mandalorian content. But I guess this game has seen the end of its days at this point, And I guess they just don't want to spend any more time developing on it. Um, which is fine, because honestly, I'm still playing through the game. Um, still, like, just a little bit over halfway through getting all the Kyber bricks and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I, it was very annoying for me. And I won't spend too much time talking about this, because I, I do want to get into our Andor preview. But um, they started off the stream by, like, having a sizzle of, like, just different games. And, and one of them was Squadrons which is so irrelevant at this point because the game came out in 2020 and 
literally there's been no new content for over a year. So why would you even start the damn thing showing that thinking I was getting hyped up for some kind of like expansion or a sequel? And then they showed Jedi Fallen Order too. I was like, oh cool. If they showed this in the beginning, they're getting a they're showing us basically everything we're we're about to watch. And Jedi Survivor, of course, was nowhere to be found. And I was waiting to do the thumbnail and the title of this thing all day, thinking that I'd be doing a Jedi Survivor gameplay trailer breakdown. And unfortunately, I was wrong, um, which is fine because we're going to do our preview in a minute here for, for Andor. But yeah, it's it's the good old uh, uh, getting hyped up beyond your belief for uh, something that we all know uh, happens with Lucasfilm. <laughs> And this is why I keep my expectations very much here. Yeah, I have to, especially when it comes to video games. Like you already know, you know, you know my relationship with Lucasfilm since Disney's taken over about their video games, and that that does sound like it should have been something official. But again, I mean that, that's their history. So Chris, at this point, Chris, you should not expect anything else besides disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if it's gonna, if the game's coming out in March, you got you gotta start showing us something at this point. Now, the only other time, but, but, unless, but, but but they have a weird history of doing that. I mean, Ben talks about it all the time, like Star Wars, Lucasfilm, and I'd say probably the influence with Disney. Weird about being cagey with their fans, like stop mm-hmm. trying to hide stuff, like just give it to us. We'll we'll absorb it, break it down, yeah. and analyze it. Don't be scared to give us stuff. Don't be a scared, like don't be scared to communicate with us. You know, again, yeah. you have the Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. Like, use that. Use that platform to be like, hey, this is probably coming out, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's... Yeah. True. Well, True. The, Milton, the, the, issue with that, the issue with that awesome idea is this. That if they use the Star Wars show and make an announcement on there, then you're committed to it. And you don't have to... Right. You can't, you can't back out of it then. Actually, you can because that's happened several times. Okay, my it. thing with the my my thing with the whole gaming thing, like not to like not to like down too much on your on the gaming side of things, Chris. But like like when you know when you were like excited about like the gaming panel, I was thinking to myself, man, I feel like Milton right now, like thinking, well, I don't think we're gonna get anything because their gaming the gaming side of things has been disappointing, honestly, to me, just because like you know. Lego was a success. Fallen Order was a, obviously a huge success. Everything else, it just seems like it's like let down, let down, let down, let down. And I'm just yeah, like, man, Star Wars, like, you like know, just Star like, Wars, like yeah. step it up on it and like, don't, don't be cagey. Yeah, <laughs> Disney, Disney itself has been dropping the ball with yeah. all their properties with video games. I mean, why, why can't we have the Destiny oh, yeah. Two of the Marvel Universe with Avengers? That that completely sucks. Like that that game just got driven to yep. the ground. Uh, we should have a live service Battlefront that's that's still going on now. If they would have freaking did a better job with putting it out at first, you know, like games like Apex Legends or Call of Duty or Fortnite, right? Those shooters are always getting new content. Like there, there should yeah. have been a Star Wars game that's still going on right now to kind of compete with those games. Perfect situation. That game could have been developed from now until twenty thirty two if they wanted to. Um, so, so I, I do not get like how they haven't had the, the enough foresight of seeing that ahead of time. Um, I, it's just a little bit weird. Well, I mean, yeah. Just to like add in there, like even um, like what Milton mentioned, like they should just like give us the info, and 
let us like you know analyze it you know deal with it or not like just just stick with it be like this is what we're making if you guys like it awesome if you don't well it's still coming out like you know like don't don't uh like get too worried about the um the fans like obviously you want to worry about the fans and stuff but you gotta you gotta stick with a plan you gotta just lay even this is my thing with the gaming side of things even if they announce five years worth of games and announce them and and people are like oh i don't know how i feel about this this or that or the other thing okay that's fine but let's how about we just release the games and just see what people think once they get playing them just because it's like you can't you can't stay so cagey because then it makes the fans i always say it, it feels like star wars fans are always in the dark on everything and like to me i mean heck look at um even in terms of like overall management stuff like look at like the way um warner brothers discovery is doing things like david zaslav like say what you want about him whether you like him or not he's going through laying out a plan doing it and he's he's dealing with the blowback whether it be positive or negative he's just dealing with it and like star wars i think as a as a brand like in a video game sense like they could take a lesson from that and just be like hey let's lay out a plan and just stick to it and go because like that's why you have all these delays like look at um the knights of the old republic stuff like that's all just all over the board and then like you know you have all these different things and it's just like i feel like there there's such a big opportunity there like gaming is huge gaming is i think bigger than ever nowadays um, so like mm -hmm. you know there's such a huge opportunity for star wars to like take a, a, a like a chunk out of the apple or pie or whatever the saying like it's just sitting there waiting yeah um so anyway uh keep an eye out for hashtag jedi uh, Jedi uh, Survivor Watch or something because uh, I think we could um, expect uh, the news maybe at the, at the Game Awards, which isn't for another three months in December. So <laughs> that would be my next guess. Um, but for anything, we could be just getting a gameplay trailer out of nowhere, which is probably the most likely scenario at this point. So something that we didn't expect um, that I was happy to receive on Disney Plus Day is we had this Andor Disney Plus special look or whatever they called it. And I was very happy because I actually was planning on going to see the Rogue One in theaters and IMAX. And realized to my dismay that, oh my gosh, it was only on that, that one weekend. And I was like, no, I was really going to try to see it. But then they literally put up the same footage that was there on Disney Plus. Um... I'm pretty sure it was basically the same. I assume it is because from what people explained and described it to me as, it does seem that way. So we open up, we have um, Tony Gilroy talking, uh, you know, with everything that is happening, like the feel of the actual series with, of course, uh, casting Andor himself, Diego Lugo. They're just having this nice, like, casual, just... You know, maybe like a five-minute explanation with like B-roll of what's what's happening, what is their mission statement with the show, like all about the in-depth character work that comes first over everything else. Uh, just hearing Tony Gilroy, I've never really seen the guy in any interviews or anything like that. Um, so it was a cool treat to kind of put you know put a face to the words that I've been seeing a lot of on the internet. Um, and then they did show us like a nice big. Um, chunk of actual stuff from the show. So they did put out a minute-long clip about a week ago. So it has that, but then it actually fast-forward. It actually ha it takes place a little bit before that, a little bit more added dialogue, 
and then it goes into a nice big action sequence, which I was I was amazed by that action sequence because it basically looked all practical and it just looked very creative, very much like a spy thriller kind of vibe, which is exactly what this thing was promoted as. And if that wasn't all, they did have a new like teaser trailer or a new trailer like tacked on to the end of that whole footage. So I was very satisfied. I was very happy with that. Um, I know, Ben, you checked this out. What'd you think? Yeah, I checked it out only about three hours ago, so I <laughs> checked it out really, uh, like really fresh. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I, uh, you know, like you mentioned, I hadn't actually seen Tony Gilroy like what he even looked like, so it was yeah. good, kind of put, putting a putting a face to words there. And then, um, you know, of course, seeing uh, Diego Luna talk, and you know, just hearing them um, go over the show and like where their um, like their heads are at on it. I thought that was nice. And then just getting like the little the little clips we got with it with that uh, I would assume like rebel officer or rebel spy talking to Cassie and about potentially joining to like fight against these people, which you know presumably was the empire he's talking about. So uh, you know it was cool getting that a uh, little bit of dialogue there and that sequence. And then of course, like you mentioned, the action action scene was done really well. You know, I thought of Milt when I saw it because I was like, man, this kind of does look practical. I feel like it's something Milt will like. Oh um, yeah. And I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's really well done, really well made. Like the trailer at the end was was done really well. Like you know, you have Mon Mappa talking. Mm -hmm. You have I I I feel like some of the shots in it were were extra. Like you know, there were new little shots added here and there. So that was mm -hmm. that was a nice touch. Oh, yeah. And then I, I think the biggest thing with this show, in my opinion, is like Tony Gilroy. I I know like from over the years, like hearing about his filmmaking style. And overall producing style is like he's not like too close with star wars if that makes sense like he's not like john favreau or filoni like really inside star wars like he's there just to make a good movie you know mm -hmm. or a good show for that matter so like and i feel like you 100 percent get that vibe like there's it feels like star wars but it doesn't feel it feels unique like it feels like a spy thing a spy thriller mm-hmm I, I just love the tension that was built up and everything with Luthen and just how he says Ander, casting Ander. Like, I just love the guy's oh, yeah. accent. Uh, it's just so good. And, and it just feels like he's this rough and tough dude that's just trying to take it to the Empire. And it's just, you can see, like, this is the spark of the rebellion. This is one of the first agents. We know that Cassiander was a Fulcrum agent. I think, I'm pretty sure he was a Fulcrum similar to what Ahsoka was. He was going out, um, Fulcrum would um, basically recruit new agents for the Rebellion, Rebel Alliance. So we're seeing all that, but I liked how dynamic that scene was. Oh my gosh, and the fact that he put a blaster to that guy's head. Like he was going to blow, Milton, he was going to blow this guy's head off. Like, I, I've never yeah. seen anything like that in Star Wars. Like, with somebody just up, like, it felt like it was almost like a gangster movie at, at, for a minute there. I was like, damn. Like, they're going there with this freaking series. I mean, look, I haven't watched the clip yet, so my, my feedback is going to be very, very short when it comes to actual footage. What you just talked about, 
that's not surprising to me just because we got kind of got that well we got that what within the first five minutes of <laughs> yeah. rogue one when he killed that spy like everyone i remember when everyone reviewed that movie and watched it they said like man like that they were surprised to see a good guy execute someone just because yeah then when you think about it it's like yeah well this is war this is spy thriller guys got to do some bad stuff to survive and andor i think from my understanding you're going to see him do a lot of probably a lot of bad stuff in this show he, he's not the andor that we know him of yet so you're going to see him do some grimy stuff i guarantee you that and i love that i mean i think star wars th- this might be a good segue for star wars to potentially do a hard pg-13 maybe a rated r if they wanted to get away with it i mean you don't need all the you don't need the sex and vi- like the sex and you know cursing but like violence wise they can get a, a, a rated r star wars you know like I, maybe this is a good way to show how fans are able to handle something more mature in that, that genre <laughs> it, is, it is something else and i liked how kinetic that scene was with the action ben because you see like I couldn't even really get my head around what practically was happening with those like things on chains that were like somebody shot one then it like fell and then they just like more kept coming and it was just like it was like an extra added element that kept me more engaged with the action sequence so if they can manage to you know just besides usual of like oh there's a guy behind a barricade shooting at another guy behind a barricade like we've seen that a million times in every action movie but the fact that tony gilroy and everybody involved like we're like how can we make the scene difference oh let's add these weird like engine things hanging from chains that are going to just randomly drop down and like hit people in the head <laughs> so you don't know what the heck is happening and it has you just guessing and, and more in you know more in suspense i, I should say um What'd you think about those things? Because that that stood out to me, man. Yeah, I, th- I mean that stood out to me too. Um, just because I thought it was shot inter- interestingly, I guess you could say that um, if that was a word. Um, I, I actually rewound it a little bit just to just to check it out because you know it was so unique watching it. It was so uh, fast paced and uh, yeah, like you said, it just it just the way they shot it. It was you know shot you know you normally don't see like sh- like shooting sequences shot that way um whether it be like in you know in any type of movie especially star wars star wars a lot of star wars is shooting is just like the back and forth type shooting so uh mm-hmm. you know it was cool getting it it was cool getting it the way they uh, they shot it there and then also um you know milton just to, like throwing your point like yeah like i think this type of the tone of a show like it's that's it sets up a potential for more serious type stories more you know pg-13s or r's or like things like that it it could potentially set up some of those scenarios where you're getting a more serious type of thing like to me i think like a serious type show you um they would have to do like more of a serious tone to it be like something in the old republic era like that that like to me give me like House of the Dragon's tone in an Old Republic era, and I'm good. Like, do something like that. Um, just because, like, why not? Like, 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 my thing is with 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 fans and, or with audiences and like the way you view it is like, if you're a company, like, I just feel like that's an untapped demographic you can get yeah. into, like the more serious side of things of Star Wars, and it's like at some point, 
like why not break that ground like that's that's such like a like that type of television in my opinion specifically television is is a prime example of something that can work like give us a weekly like 10 episode serious house of the dragon-esque old republic show boom like there you go because Mm -hmm. like i feel like we're gonna get these serious tones in in this show in andor or Ander, as as that guy says it, Cassie and um, Ander, like yeah, Cassie and Ander, um, you know, as as he says it. But it, you know, I think <laughs> we're gonna get those serious tones. And I mean, we've already had like little bits of information, like different people, like from like Bespin Bulletin and other other Star Wars reports, saying like they've hearing things like the first few episodes, like you have some slow parts to them because it's like you know the the build up. It's more of like it, like more of kind of like an adult type of. Uh, feel to it like where it's more serious so like oh yeah that's a good sign like to me that's a good sign versus like just expecting like you know fun loving like like don't get me wrong mandalorian has some like like serious moments in it but it's fun loving star wars like you know it's fun loving star wars this show does not feel like the mandalorian yeah, I, I Joel Davis and me in our conversation we were talking about some of this and and he basically said this is the uh, this is star wars for adults I don't think a lot of the young, yeah. I mean, when I say young, like the seven seven year olds are really going to get get a lot out of this show. I I mean, they could, but it's going to be more geared for like, okay, there's not going to be lightsabers that we know of. It's going to be very dramatic, very mature with the subject matter, um, with the themes, right? A lot of just like this big takeover of government and all that sort of thing. Um, speaking of which, I, I this just dawned on me. New adversaries. I mean, we've seen them. We weren't sure who they were, but I think they mentioned. I think Cassie mentioned something about corpos. So it was quite interesting seeing the adversaries not being stormtroopers or part of the Imperials. Um, I, I'm not sure what planet this is on, but I, I'm very curious to see how they vilify this other organization and how they do fit in. Are they integrated into the Empire? Do they, you know, beckon to the Empire? Um, I definitely like the appearance of their their outfits. It looks like really cool costume design with the red on on the edges there. But um, yeah, I thought that was that was neat for sure because you know when we see like the good guys, they're usually shooting the stormtroopers that have masks. No, we're seeing them like literally killing other humans now. So again, another another you know thing where this is more adult than anything Star Wars before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Like I noticed that as as well with them, and I think uh, my take on them are um, that that group would probably be like it, it has to be like some type of an imperial. I would say like an imperial like supporter group. You know, like like you know you get those like extreme groups like supporting certain parts of the government. I feel like maybe it's gonna end up being something like that. Hmm. Uh, as far as clips, I just realized we got another clip. This wasn't really around the internet too much, uh, but thanks to the people over at uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com that aggregate a lot of the news for every week. I go there to get a, a lot of our stories. Um, they actually caught that there is a clip on Good Morning America. It's probably like a 30-second clip, but it is um, Cassie Andor speaking to, I don't know if he's a re- just a generic resistance guy or if he is part of the Rebel Alliance uh, but he's getting pretty much in this guy's face, uh, you know, just saying I'm not going to be intimidated. But what was stood out for me was there's this character, this towering alien, um, 
which was pretty cool. And, and, and just the way he spoke, he's all practical. And this just brings me back to the fact that when we first got that behind the scenes at the Disney Investor Day uh, with Neil Scanlon's um, prop department for the puppets. And he is the guy who was involved with Force Awakens, Rogue One. I don't know who's really technically involved with Mando and Boca Boba Fett, but you know we're getting those movie-grade quality animatronics and aliens um, in a Star Wars series, which is... It's something pretty cool. I, I so so not a very uh, big clip that gives me much to break down. Um, I'm just looking at it more for like a visual uh, perspective. So and I don't think there's going to be as much CGI in this series. It's going to be more or less grounded um, in realism. I mean, just by the environments. Just it's very Star Wars. You know, it's that rebellion era. Everything's lived in, rusted. You know, chalked up a little bit. So. I don't know if you've seen this one, Ben, because I posted it not too long ago in, in, in the um, the show notes there, but I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm actually, I have it just up on my phone, um, muted right now. Yeah, I like you said, it's more, to me, it looks more just like the visual than anything, um, honestly, just looking over it. And, you know, like you said, just, just the creatures, the aliens. And my thing, like you said, the I mean, I think we mentioned it even when you were breaking down the action sequence. Like, I feel like there's a really practical feel to this show more than even what we've gotten from the other Disney mm -hmm. Plus shows, potentially. So, you know, and I think that makes sense, though, considering how Tony Gilroy did, you know, was involved with Rogue One. And uh, just, like, the way he's he's talked about making this show. So, like, you know, this is just, like, another example of that, like, more like practical effects side of Star Wars that we need, I think. Because like to me, Star Wars is at its best when it's when it has a blend a lot of practical with some of the CGI versus a lot of CGI and barely any practical. Yeah. And, and at this point, you know, we're gonna just talk more about Andor just in a free facet kind of way, previewing it as I said off the off the top. But you gotta also put it into perspective about how long did season one take? Because I remember we were like sitting there thinking like this thing is still in production like two years later. Like what are they doing over there? Like how intricate are these sets? And we found out from the mouth of Tony Gilroy in this interview and this thing saying like, no, these are like all practical sets. You know, this is basically movie making, but on a, on a, a much larger, like a 12 episode scale, right? Everything is about scale for him and just making sure that it looks like it's a movie and it looks like it's a place that has been lived in and all that. So, um, you know, uh, there's only two seasons. I don't know how long season two is going to take to make. I, I guess they're may probably shooting at right now, maybe or something, but yeah, it's, uh, the scope of this thing is it's looking the way it does because they spent the amount of time on it that they did. Look, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm kind of glad I haven't watched anything. I, just because I was thinking about this earlier today, I think this will be probably the best Star Wars show as far. But and I know which is like more of a general conversation. I'm glad I haven't seen anything because I don't really don't want to know nothing. Like <laughs> yes, I know how it ends with Rogue One, but I'm curious to see how they're going to build this show up and like take it in two seasons. So overall, my thoughts about this particular show and even with the practical effects and the production and everything seems like. They, Tony Gilroy is the perfect guy for this property because he cares for it, not like a fan. 
he's like, no, I want to take care of this particular story make it the best that we can because we already have one piece of it out there that everyone loved but i think star wars mainly tony gilroy and you know diego luna or their guys probably taking their sweet old time with this and that's totally fine i'd rather you take your time the extra effort in, tell the right story so the fans can say okay this is what we've been wanting for waiting for this is what's best for the show so i'm glad i haven't watched none of these clips so i want to go into it fresh Normally, I'm not like that, but for, the, for some reason, I want to with this show. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you guys had any experience with this. And, and again, Joel Davis, guest on last week's show, was saying this is probably going to be the dark horse of the Star Wars series and movies because I think a lot of people aren't ready. I even yesterday, I don't know if any of you have had an experience with your with your casual Star Wars fran, uh, fan friends, um, you know, Look, oh yeah, you know, tell my coworker, oh yeah, you know, we talk about the Marvel shows, the Star Wars shows, he li- he likes all that stuff, but I was like, oh yeah, the Andor show, and he's like, the what? <laughs> I was like, I had to go through like a, like a two or three minute explanation of who and what Andor was. And I was like, yeah, Rogue One, yeah. you know, he's the guy that, that basically uh, was the rebel spy and all that stuff with the, and then I was like, oh, the guy with the droid. And then he's like, let me look this up. And then he was like, oh, that guy. So I think there's a lot of people out there that are just not even thinking that this thing is on the verge of coming out or, or who the heck this guy even is. And I even told him, I was like, yeah, it wouldn't be my first choice for like to naming a Star Wars show or to have a character based on. Like, I think it would have been better maybe yep. to be like some kind of catchier phrase relating to the rebellion or something. Because in the end, it will be more of a lesser show about the rebellion, especially since Mon Mothma is going to be one of the major characters and all that. It's not just him. But <laughs> if you guys had an experience like like I had, where it's just like you just feel like people aren't ready or they're not really sure what this even is. It's not like we all know who Obi-Wan is. We all know who Boba Fett is. We all fell in love with the Mandalorian because a lot of us just thought he looked cool. But this is the first series that I've seen where people are like kind of just like not ready for it, I guess I could say. Uh, I mean, I mean, with this show, I, I think that would, you know, it's, it's naturally was going to happen when you name it Andor. I think to me, I've said it from the beginning, they should have named it, like you mentioned, something, the Rebellion, something. Like, I remember that big big write-up in Entertainment Weekly or whoever it was. It was like, the Rebellion is on Disney+, and it had the big write-up about this show. Like, why not huh. Why not name it The Rebellion Rises or The Rebellion something? Like, yeah. something or another. Like, like, they could have easily done that, and people would have been like, oh, but when you name it Andor, you're like, okay, who and what and where? Like, like for example, with me, I've had a couple instances with this. So my my one uncle, you know, he's in his fifties and he he watches all the Star Wars stuff, but he's not like he's not like us. He's like you know he's a fan. He knows the main stuff. He knows the characters. He watches the shows, but he doesn't like know the like like he couldn't tell you the name of any of the characters in Rogue One other than Darth Vader, basically, or Tarkin or Leia. Like you mm-hmm. know. Like he's very general, and when I when I talked about this show to him over, you know, at my cookout, uh, the cookout we had with my family for my birthday, he was like, "Now, now, which character is that?" It was like a similar <laughs> reaction to your coworker. He was like, "Which character is that?" I said, "It's the guy from Rogue One, you know, uh, the like the lead guy." And he's like, "He's like, he's like, which which one?" And I, you know, I had to do the same. 
same thing as you. I had a whole picture of Diego Luna. I was like, this guy. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. I was like, well, this is what this show's about, um, is him and his backstory. And, um, and the funniest part is, like, so, you know, I had that interaction with him. And then it's hilarious. Um, my, uh, of all things, like, I always joke around, my grandma's always one of my litmus tests for, like, general Star Wars uh-huh. audiences. Because she keeps up with all this stuff. And, I mean, God, she watches our podcast sometimes. It's, it's hilarious on her smart TV. <laughs> um, but she, uh, she, uh, she, when I talked to her about this show, she was like, oh, oh uh, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the Rogue One guy, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is. Like, she actually knew who it was when she saw the trailer. She was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the Rogue One guy. I was like, yeah, now this, this takes place beforehand, though, you know, that movie. And, you know, so it just, it's just more of a... I don't know. It's it just to me when it comes to Star Wars, like I think they misstepped up on the title because at first, you know, when my grandma, like for example, with her, when I told her the title, she's like, "Wait, who?" And as soon as I said the guy from Rogue One, you know, and you know, she clicked. She was like, "Oh yeah, yeah that guy." Like, you know, she, she had a general idea, but like, you know, I feel like with people when you name it Andor, it's not as catchy. It's not as big as Obi Wan. Um, the Mandalorian is solidified because it's an incredible show. It like revolutionized, a, you know, it's it's a hit show. So like this show with Andor, it's just like I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the general audience is gonna. It's they they may get surprised by its quality, but they may go into it going, okay. Oh, Star Wars is on Disney Plus. Let me check it out. Yeah, I mean, they've been doing a decent job of promoting. I feel like they've been putting TV spots. The, the cast have been going around giving interviews. I mean, they're there probably at D23, I would imagine. Um, but it's, uh, it's. I think it's going to just like be like any other streaming service. I think they're going to show those first three episodes, and then the word of mouth is going to get on and be like, oh my gosh, you've never seen this kind of Star Wars story before. Like, the action is unreal. The espionage think of like James Bond with Star Wars and people are going to be sold on that they're going to watch him and then and then we're going to see it we're going to see all the stuff week to week to week all the excitement the anticipation um and it probably was a better better uh, plan for them to push it out because I mean all my timeline is either Rings of Power is a lot of Rings of Power House of the Dragon right now She-Hulk there's just so much stuff coming out um but I think that's what's going to happen I think we're going to get a lot of uh a lot of the fans telling the other fans out there to just go ahead and uh, check it out for themselves. I'm telling you, it's it's awesome, you know. So for me, like I think I, at first of all, I didn't have this experience like you guys had when it comes to this show because I haven't really <laughs> talked about the show with a lot of my friends. I do agree regarding this title; it is kind of just generic. However. Because if you're an inside Star Wars fan, it makes sense for the title. You're some rando stranger who likes Star Wars on, you know, the down low. You're, you're not going to know it. So I, oh, I yeah. completely get how this title needs to be reworked. It's going to be more mainstreamed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So um, what are some things you guys want to see from this show? I know it's asking a lot. Like we shouldn't ask necessarily like what we want to see. <laughs> Let the creators do what they want to do. But we'll, just yeah, let's just have fun being Star Wars fans. What what do you want to see coming out of this event for I'll season one at least? Season um, one. Um, I would say 
I'd say you know we we can just kind of go around the around the table um talking about it you know just just list some list some things here and there and go back and forth. For me, I would say what I would really like to see you know since it's such a um you know there's so many episodes. Ideally, each episode is longer than 22 minutes um, for starters. But uh, but like in terms of content, I just hope we get a good a good story. A good story that makes sense, a good story that hooks people. Like, the thing is, um, you know, uh, of course we mentioned about how we like the idea of an adult Star Wars show and stuff like that, but also there is that fine line of you don't want to be too serious where it's super slow, like super, super slow, because we don't want to get halfway through the season and five out of six episodes are are like, man, we're really dragging here. So, like, hopefully, uh. like, I hope the action lives up to the expectations of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as far as as far as me, I've just I want the storytelling to really dive into the politics of the Empire. We've seen we've seen it a little bit, right? We've seen a lot in Obi-Wan how the Empire is treating its citizens like in the streets or just Vader's dragging people out, just using them as bait to to lure Obi-Wan and and how they're integrated with society a little bit. But, you know, seeing first contact, maybe with a civilization, seeing the Empire, like we see those shots of uh, the Phase 2 clones, you know, early on in the Empires, you know, from the Bad Batch, still with the Phase 2s. Uh, how do people that live on their own respond to that? In live action, we've seen, we've seen a bit of that with Star Wars Rebels, I think, and stuff like that. But I guess more or less just like seeing like live action uh, versions of, of that happening um, is going to be something to see. And, and seeing, again, Saul Guerrero, I want to really see the reason why he becomes so crazy. I know Mon Mothma and Rebels is really having an out for him, like really just grinding his gears and seeing all that happening. I want to see like the lead up to that. We, we see him Jedi Fallen Order. Let's see where he is now. Let's see how, you know, I want to see him do some heinous stuff uh, that we've read about in some of the books. And same thing with Cassian. I want to see how ruthless Cassian is. If he killed somebody out of cold blood, that, 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 you know, at that point, where would he be like years before that? Like maybe he was even worse. So that's kind of my opening salvo of, of what I would expect. I'll throw it over to you, Milton. I'm just keep it real. This show better be good. That's what I want. Like seriously, like I, I don't, don't want it to be an inconsistent show up and down it needs to be consistent like that's my biggest thing if it's consistent and tells a good story locked in if it's if it's if it's if it's inconsistent or just inconsistent in general however you want to word that i'm going to be annoyed and you'll you'll hear about it in our reviews so hopefully it's just consistent and it's a great story and it's fluid mm -hmm. yeah as far as characters that haven't been officially announced who would you like to maybe see in this one because there's a lot of possibilities both legends as well as characters we already know and love i honestly don't even know uh i couldn't even tell you i mean like it's yeah yeah i don't even know i just i just know the key players you know obviously andor um saw mon mothma I mean, those are the ones I want to care about more. I mean, I'm sure there are going to be characters that are new, or sprinkled in, that are going to help push along the story, but 
mean, will, will we see Gale and Urso? I don't know. Ooh. Uh, will, will we see direct uh, a peak of director? Critic? Oh, I, I think know. we'll have to see. I mean, we're not we're, we're not going to see any heavy hitters. Let's be real here, unless it's like a surprise. But season um, two. No, Maybe. I mean, I don't think we're going to see any type of like Vader or Emperor Palpatine or nothing like that, unless it's like a hologram of like them giving a speech or whatever. Uh, but I don't see any heavy hitters being in this seat in the show. I, I, I would see say, focusing yeah. on the like just the uh, Andor characters. Yes, yeah, so for season one, I think they're gonna like really try to build up a lot with casting on that world because we got that synopsis out of uh, one of these reports where Tony Gilroy was just laid it all out. He's like season one flashbacks and we're on one planet. Season two, it's like one year for every three episodes or something like that. So I think in season two. We could even get into like some rebels crossovers, but again, this is I just want this discussion to mainly be on season one. Uh, I'm happy enough having Saw. I would like to see Bail Organa, uh, especially now having watched Obi Wan Kenobi. I feel like you can't have Mon Mothma without Bail, and I could see them having a scene with like them being in the Senate and like him mm-hmm. talking about politics happening on Alderaan, like while he's on Coruscant. Like that would be some really cool stuff. I would like to see Masamita. Uh, he is basically the voice of the Empire to a certain degree. I don't think they got Ian McDermott, and we watched the behind-the-scenes for Obi-Wan. I don't think they got Ian McDermott um, to, to be at that studio just to do the one scene in, in Obi-Wan. I feel like we could actually see just as much or maybe even more of him um, in one of the scenes, just to give people an idea, like, where is the emperor? Why isn't he present? And they could, you know, not everybody's on the up and up with the canon. What's happening? But maybe they could visually show us, like, oh yeah, emperor's just chilling in his like place in the works uh, with the cool with the cool window that we keep seeing in in uh, the Star Wars comics. There, so there's a lot of things like that. Um, I don't know. Uh, what about you, Ben? Um, I would say when it comes to the characters, you know, you have your your potential Rogue One type cameos. You have your your Galen Erso potential. You have your maybe maybe credential. Um, you know you have characters like that that could possibly show up. And then in terms of more like heavier hitter heavier hitting guys, I feel like I feel like when it com- comes to Cassian, I mean, so, so like Cassian for example, he's going to be doing some spy type stuff. I think there's there's a really good possibility we could get like okay imagine this like a spy thing happening him sneaking around a corner watching Harkin on a hologram talking to imperial officers like something like that like you know I feel like we could get like a Tarkin in the series by Ooh. almost cat you, know, you know you know what I'm saying like through Cassian's eyes like looking around a corner seeing something happening seeing a hologram running leaving with the information that type of deal like i think we could get something like that for some of those heavy hitting characters and then like the emperor you know like you said i i don't think you bring ian mcdermott in just to do that one little tidbit in kenobi because for one that's a lot of money for two let's be real ian mcdermott is like 75 76 77 years old he's up there in age so like how many times is he gonna really want to fly out to do that like you know so so like I think I think there's m- maybe a chance they recorded scenes for the Emperor for this show while they were filming Kenobi, and then you know some other heavier hitters 
I think I think there's a chance. Now here's here's a wild card one actually for you guys. All right, so I'm ready for it. if we if we get Jimmy Smith, if we get Jimmy Smith, I mean, hey, you have uh, his wife and you have Leia casted. What if Mon Mothma goes to check in on Jimmy and his wife or something or another to tell you know update him on something or maybe even just does a hologram call and you have actually young Leia in the series like Vivian whatever her name is popping in just as a like side cameo or something like you know you know as a little just mm-hmm. little little scene like I think there's a chance for something like that even just because this this is kind of you know I think we kind of even mentioned it when we were talking Kenobi you know weeks ago when you're we reviewing the show like this is kind of like the Kenobi Andor era, like the Kenobi Andor yeah. verse timeline era, like you know. So I think there's a chance we could get um, the actress that played Leia, Vivian, whatever her last name was, Vivian. I think there's a chance we can maybe get her with Jimmy Smith's Bail Organa, and then whoever um, the wife is. I think there's a chance for that of them potentially conversing with Mon Mothma about something more of just like a check in, like, hey, how's the secret? rebellion stuff going or something and you know we actually get a pop-up because to me okay like not to like perform like cameos too much but like the way disney is with things look at marvel marvel's cameo heavy star wars has turned into a lot of cameos look at look at mando like what better way to to do a cameo than bring in bail his kid his wife and leia as just a little tiny cameo, just to know, you know, you're in the same timeline as Kenobi. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I I don't know. I'm that's a five year difference of time, so I I maybe I don't a season know. two thing, maybe maybe a season two thing. Uh, but for for Leia for Vivian, I think they would have to age her up or something. Well, they would have to age her up. That's five oh, years, yeah, that's and true. she'd be like. A lot more, you know. I don't know if that would work. Oh yeah, that's true. But here's another one. We got Osei Jackson, and they even say this in a documentary of Obi Wan about how he is like one of the pioneers of the rebellion, and and Obi Wan even tells them like something. I forget what he tells them in the show, but he's like something about like start the start start the movement or continue what you're doing. Just keep doing it. What happens if he's one of like the the commanders that's there? With uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy that's talking to Andor in that in that clip we were talking about. Um, what if he's one of the officers? Yeah. And I could see like that nice like little transition, to, like having a mini universe built in in Star Wars, right? And down the line, having other characters floating floating in and out would be kind of cool. Because it's five years after, For sure, so I mean, you'd have yeah. more structure at that point. Oh yeah, you have those possibilities. One really wild card. Okay, like we're gonna go really wild card outfit. So we we've talked about like our general ones, like your 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 cameos. You think maybe Galen, maybe your Imperial people, maybe maybe your Rebellion people. Here's a wild, really wild card one. What if they what if they have Ahsoka checking in his fulcrum with the Rebellion Ooh. about something? Like Cassian's in on a meeting, and you know you just get a little. Ahsoka fulcrum check-in like there's a possibility I mean maybe oh, you know man. just that... to like just I mean it fits the timeline so it's not just a thrown in cameo you know like well, she is fulcrum during this period no I that's true but I could just see the internet now I could just see the internet kind of like so. 
Oh, you're gonna put Ahsoka at this thing too? You know what I mean? <laughs> I can oh, see yeah, the reaction <laughs> now. People are gonna be like, "Oh, come on now." Uh, but I mean, it's not Dave Filoni doing this one. So if it was Dave Filoni, it, wouldn't, it probably would happen. But we'll see. We'll see. Mm. But yeah, wrapping I it up, I, yeah, I, go ahead. Just to just to throw in there, I think actually, like to to be realistic with it, like with Tony Gil Gilroy, with how he is. As like I would say more, not to say Dave Filoni is not serious, but more serious of like a tone of filmmaking. I think the re like the most realistic possibility of us getting cameos are people that came from Rogue One. If I had to guess, like I think you know Ooh. you get your Tarkin. I think you get your Tarkin. Bodhi Rook. Your Krennic maybe. Yeah, Bodhi. Like I think you could get actually part of that crew. Actually, that's a good. That's a very good um good idea there like i think you could get those those type of um crew members and now the real question is no i guess it, this is the andor show so so yeah but but yeah i think there's a chance for the whole well i i really think there's a chance for the galen or something i i think so just because it's spying like maybe maybe cassian i don't know spies on a meeting or a, or him trans getting transported on a ship or something like you know something along those lines It'd be neat. I mean, it, let's say they have a scene or two with Galen and with director Orson Krennic. For those that haven't read the Star Wars Catalyst book, it would give them more backstory to make that death of him even like worse. You know what I mean? What a, what a good prequel does, it adds on the backstory to get you more attached to the character. So it leads exactly why they're doing it for Andor, to make his character more fleshed out, more evolved. So, um, yeah, final, final thoughts on... Uh, everything and or um otherwise uh we're gonna wrap it up for this week i just hope the show's good like it's all i care about dude like i'm just <laughs> at this point i mean the, the show's already shot so <laughs> i mean it just it just better be fire so that's all i gotta say because if not you, you you know we're gonna talk about it and just say how <laughs> it is. yeah it's it's gonna yeah, be cool I Oh yeah, it definitely it should be like I agree with you, Milton. Like at the end of the day, you know we can get hyped up about it. We can get our expectations sky high, but we gotta make sure they're at least somewhat met because uh, you know we just wanna we just wanna have a good show, a good, exciting, uh, enticing show. Whether it be the story, the action, the characters, the music. I feel like the music is something that's gonna be very interesting to see how it's played out. Um, and uh, yeah, just the overall. The overall tone of the show, I think, is going to be a really interesting take on Star Wars. Also, in my opinion, here's another thing, guys. So we're all talking about how we think it's a good idea for like a more of a serious Star Wars project, etc. But this is an all this is an overall litmus test for the very general audience, like our parents, like our uncles, grandmas, coworkers, yeah. whatever. If they even like, if if even a serious type of a Star Wars show is even something that would hit with the general audience, because like, you know, we talk about like say House of the Dragon, for example, that's a serious show, but we know that's a serious franchise. Like Star Wars has such uh, history. I mean, like I said, look at the Mandalorian. Like it's it's much more lighthearted than what we're projecting maybe with Andor. So to my thing is, if Andor is serious. We may we may like it a lot, but it's going to be very interesting just to see the general audience's reaction. That's just like the very normie, casual Star Wars fan. If this is actually something 
that even hits with them. Because if it's not, then this, you know, the whole idea of serious Star Wars, like really serious Star Wars filmmaking, is pretty much out the window. Hmm. Yeah, it could really go either way. So, I mean, yeah, this is this is good testing grounds, right? It's Stormtroopers, it's everything the OG fans love, right? It's in that in-between era with everything that they all know. And even the prequel, maybe we'll see some prequel references in there for those of us that grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s. Oh. So there's a good in-between. I just also want to throw in, I, I, know, I, I know I just talked a lot, but I, I do want to throw in one more quick potential, potential cameo type thing. Now that I think about it. So we all know that Cassian like grew up in the separatist era. Like, you know, his, his parents were separatists and that sort of thing. What if like in a flashback or something, we get some like straight up like clone troopers from like attack of the clones or something like, you know, something like, I think there's a chance we could get those in a flashback Ooh. because his parents are separatists. Cause like if he's talking, cause my thing with Cassian is to, to like push his character forward. Something probably has to happen to his why not flashback and we see something what if what if the republic you know what if the republic like we get clone troopers like accidentally like blowing up a building or something wherever his parents are like and we actually see like a clone squadron like i think there's a chance we actually see clone troopers because didn't we see the um the clone gunship so you know there's a chance of that potentially being in a flashback where we actually see those old clone troopers. There's there's already been a precedent. I mean, they showed us the, not the phase ones, but they showed us the phase two clones marching down the street in yep. a very, uh, let's say, like a very Nazi-ish way. I mean, they're just like marching through the streets in these lines. It's just very intimidating. Um, so I think there's a good chance that this show is going to paint the Republic in a very different eye. From the point of view of a separatist, like the, the Republic is going to look evil. You're going to see the clones maybe doing some things that we never expected. Kind of the same way what we've seen Rogue One, we've seen the Rebels. Wait, wait, Rebels are just killing people, regular people like that? Like, what the hell is going on? So I think there's a way where people are going to start, you know, being like, yeah, the Republic is not good for this planet. Um, this is why. So we're going to get that. And, you know, Star Wars has been telling a lot more gray stories lately. Um, as you keep mentioning, House of Dragons, Game of Thrones franchise does that excellently, um, skirting the line between what's really good and what's really bad, or maybe we're all just a little bit of good and, and a little bit of bad combined in, in, in certain circumstances to bring out uh, the worst or the best in us. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's Andor. We got less than two weeks. It's like a week and a half as of recording this on uh, Friday, September 9th. But we won't have to wait long for more Star Wars news as we will be talking about more next week. Hopefully we have a bunch of cool stuff that we'd even talk about. Um, and hopefully it's not just confirmations of everything we talked about tonight. I they, they, they I would assume that there would be a trailer. At the very least, maybe we'll be talking about some of those trailers that never got to, to the public from Celebration. Uh, I want to thank you guys for, for coming back. Millen, for Ben. Uh, ben, tell us where they can find you and what you'll be talking about, although I already know what you and Milton... Uh, we'll be chatting about this weekend, so that's not much of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, um, for me, you can find me at Real Ben Maynard on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, it's pretty much just me talking um, the NFL a lot right now because it's the kickoff, the kickoff of the NFL weekend, and then of course Star Wars chatter. And then on Instagram, you know, you can follow me there at Real Ben Maynard. I just post my like my workouts and you know just kind of documenting my my fitness journey of like 
working toward getting getting shredded again. So, so yeah, you can find me there. And how about you, Milton? You can find me on Twitter at um, MiltonWeber7 or Instagram at Milton7Weber. Again, on Twitter, uh, usually just some sports stuff. Uh, Instagram is more of my fitness stuff. I'll post there about fitness or just funny memes throughout my stories. But no, this weekend is just going to be about football, uh, college football tomorrow, NFL on Sunday, um, and honestly catching up on sleep because I have one hell of a week of work. So it's just been crazy. All right. As for me, I'm going to just be uploading my usual Star Wars comics. I think we have Bounty Hunters issue 28 or 27 coming out, as well as the final issue of the Obi-Wan Kenobi miniseries, which I've really been liking a lot. Uh, me and Joel talked quite a bit about that issue uh, number four last week um so there you go as far as for everything keep an eye on youtube.com star raptor for the latest on everything star wars and uh, you can go ahead and watch these videos if you're listening on youtube and you can listen to us if you're watching on youtube you can listen to us um, just search outer room transmission on spotify uh, google play apple store all that good stuff. So that was going to do it for Outer Rim Transmission number 74. We'll see you guys next week for Milton, for Ben, for iStar Raptor. Thank you for watching. May the Force be with you in transmission.